Bene. This is your host, Benjamin Godsell, joined by Nate Freeman. What's going on, buddy? What a week we've had over here at the Notabene HQ. Yeah, we're in a different HQ. Our temporary HQ over here at the Broadway Gallery, where our exhibition Friends of the Pod is currently installed. And yeah, we're using their office again, just because all my gear was here, and Mm -hmm. it seemed way easier than schlepping it. And who knows, maybe someone fun slash cool slash rich will walk into the show that we put together which has now been on view for five days now yeah maybe someone come in and change our lives i know we changed a lot of people's lives with this exhibition yeah, we did uh, we really i did. hope dear listener you were, you were able to make it out if you haven't seen the show yet please come down i don't know when they're open check out their website i think broadway gallery nyc and i do know that on the 20th of this month uh, which is a week from saturday uh, depending on when I edit and put this up, we're going to host another event, a book signing with your friend and mine, participating artist in the exhibition, Joel Messler. So that'll be another fun uh, time to come and hang out with us totally. and check out the show. But come whenever. Uh, sometimes we're here. Sometimes Joe and Pascal are here. There's always someone here. Just come. So, just yeah, come. Just come. Uh, but we had a really nice opening on Monday night. We can recap it a little bit. Uh, yeah, it was weird and fun. And yeah. there was a ton of people here, which made me, I don't know, socially anxious for some weird reason. I made me quite excited to see uh, the gallery full of people, friendly faces, new faces. It was great. It was just weird to stand in a gallery. I haven't done this in so long for two hours. Right. And also to be this kind of the center of attention because we're kind of the, the avatar for the artists as I mean, it's a group exhibition. I've literally never done this. I mean, Lucy's had openings and I've sort of been the supportive husband, but that's very different. Um I have never been the person that the people in the gallery are there to talk to or congratulate or shit talk to, whatever. And it was fun. It was you, great. You really owned it. You were working that room. I think that is in part thanks to your very bright idea for you and Joe Cole to make a little stop on the way to the opening here at the gallery. What did you, you guys do? Well, uh, we decided that just to you know sort of make sure that we're in the right headspace, we went to one of our favorite places, Frenchette. Gabrielle sat us right at the bar, which is fantastic. She gave us a tiny little uh, split of bubbly just because we're friends. Oh. Yeah, it was really, really nice. Then we each had a single martini, and I ordered a plate of just, uh, it just had like ham on the menu, and I was like, what is this thing, this ham thing? And they're like, just order it. You're going to want this. Just say yes. Just say yes to the dress. It was fantastic. It's just like a little little nibble, you know, nothing big. Uh, Because after the opening, of course, we had our dinner at the river. Shout out to David and and Yasmin and everyone at the river for being just so excellent. Yeah, that was actually, I was, I don't want to say suspicious, but I was like trepidatious, like, oh, a bar, like, you know, it's going to be packed, it's not going to be enough food. It was awesome. It was great. From from the get-go, from the doorman, everything was like, I would say very much in keeping with our brand, whatever Mm -hmm. that is. Um, And we had people like Max Holen from The Met. We had uh, a ton of New York Times writers. Yep. Uh, Shout out Jason Farrago for for coming by. Um, that was sweet. Dean Kissick, who wrote our press release. Thank you, Dean. For yeah, that. obviously uh, past guest of the pod, uh, Art Basel Global CEO Noah Horowitz, as well as director of Art Basel Americas, um, Bridget Finn was there. Rachel Tashin and her husband Lloyd Wise uh, were there, which is great. Um, yeah, it was just a wonderful crowd. Yeah, I want to give a shout out to the hot dogs that they supplied. And I saw the menu and I was like, oh, hot dogs? Are you kidding me? One of the better hot dogs I've had in, in New York City, outside of like I, a Grace Papaya situation. I think I ate two. I'm jealous. Is, I should have had two. Gluttonous of me. I mean, like two hot dogs plus the other. Well, you know, nibbles. Nate, you've been hitting the gym. You've been talking. I about have. It. I have been hitting the gym. I didn't get to go today, but I'm gonna go tomorrow and Sunday, hopefully, 
And just, don't worry, you know. I, I hit the gym, and then I had my protein shake after an 18-hour fast, and then I had a cardamom bun, which I brought for the employees here at Broadway and my friends here a little bit earlier, and I wasn't going to have one, and from s'more and really it was good incredible a cardamom bun is nice because it's not like overwhelmingly sweet it's like it it kind of tastes scented in a way if that makes sense yeah 100 percent. and this is a coffee shop i go into almost daily to get a cup of coffee and i always resist the buns it's just not my diet i don't eat early mm-hmm. in the day all sorts of reasons uh and i finally basically used our earlier meeting here at the gallery as an excuse to bring people pastries so i could buy one and have one it's really nice to show up to a meeting with pastries uh, my spot that I discovered, I don't know, six months ago, is a place called Libre. It is a Bahraini bakery, and they are just turning out some insane shit. It is crazy. I don't know what the fuck they're doing there. It's just like, you know, I know that it's not like, you know, a Ben-friendly diet, but I would just be eating all of the bread if I went into that place every day. It's crazy. Well, listen, in addition to our show and our eating habits, there have been other events going on in the world of art. Really? Yeah. Yeah. Uh, Do you want to start with openings or with news? There's been a bunch of openings. There have been a bunch of openings. Uh, We're going to much tonight, aren't we? Yeah, we are. I mean, no, but I've seen the shows. (laughs) Um, Top of my list uh, would have to be Constanza Schaefer Mm -hmm. at Loring Augustine. Absolutely. Tribeca Space. I went to go preview the show yesterday afternoon. I'm very excited. Uh, It's their first kind of large scale presentation with her. They've included her in like art fairs and stuff. Mm -hmm. Fucking these pictures are banging. Yeah. Shout out Constanza and... Her husband, Wyatt, great friends. Of yeah, I don't think he painted pod. these, though. She painted them. They're fucking amazing. Yeah, I know. No, I, mean, I know, I know. I'm just sassing you. Give me sass. Uh, uh, those shows are, the, the paintings are great. I think they'd be very hard to get. I think they'd be very, very sought after by the art buying mm-hmm. uh, public. Yep. Um, also opening this evening is our friend Mickey Lee, mm-hmm. uh, who's opening a show at, is it Tennis Elbow? No, what is it? What is it? Tennis Elbow, Tennis the Elbow. Journal Gallery, Michael Nevins. Yeah, White Michael Nevins. Space. Uh, I'll be there. There's also a ginormous group show at the James Cohan Gallery. I think it's like 75 artists. Really? I haven't been to that gallery in a very long time. There's some 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 people that we know in this show. Oh, interesting. Interesting yeah. choice. Love it. Uh, last week, I went. Uh, I actually went to an opening last week in addition. Uh, did uh, you? I did. For about 10 minutes at the beginning, got to hang out with the artist uh, over at your neighbor, the Karma Gallery. Uh-huh. Uh, and I got to go see uh, Nathaniel Oliver's uh, new paintings, which were exceptional, and mm-hmm. got to hang out with him for a bit. He kind of got into some of his technique and some of the kind of like allegories that are going on in these really great narrative figurative paintings. But that sounds like a lot of what we've seen in the art market and art world over the past few years. These feel special to me. Mm-hmm. Uh, and especially when he got into it and, and sort of things and ideas that he was playing with really like that. They also opened a Robert Grosvenor show at their other space, which is insane. Yeah, I mean, Bob, Bob Grosvenor is still the fucking G. It's a cool show. It's one work. It's yeah, almost always one work when it's a show with him, right? I know. It's just, it's it's insane. Yeah, and you didn't make Fuck it to Dallas there. in the fall, but he also had a great show at our friend Alden Pinnell's Power Station, created mm-hmm. by our other friend Rob Teeters. Um, Missed that. That was also dope. Yeah. Um, sure. And uh, anything else opening tonight or this week? Uh, uh, there is a great looking Madeline Hollander show opening at Stefania Bordolami's Bordolami Gal- Gallery. Oh, that's just right around the corner here. Right I might go sn- sneak in for a preview after we do this pod. Yeah, I, I think that we must. Uh, a few other things, you know, tomorrow there's an opening at Clearing yeah. Gallery, Peter Shear, which I'm excited about. Yeah, you know, I, I I I feel bad not going to the openings tonight or the dinners. There's a dinner for a friend of ours, one of the people we just mentioned whose show is opening, and uh, I just can't on a Friday. I, I thought about it. I got mm-hmm. I came as close to going to a Friday dinner and party than I have in years. 
Uh, and then I woke up this morning. And I was like, "Fuck that!" Right? Yeah. Okay, you'll be missed. I'm spending a lot of time in Tribeca right now because we get the show up popping in here and stuff. I've been seeing more art in general. We were just talking about this earlier with Joe. Uh, it feels really good. I want to see more art this I year. I know, that, like, you know, just like bounce into galleries that I don't usually do business with and might not even know the artist's work very well, and just kind of learn and just be mm. out here seeing. We've such, we're so privileged to be in this world of art in the city where you can see literally hundreds of the best art shows for free. Every single week. I know. Got to make use of that. Right? I know. I know. And, you know, there were a ton of openings last night in Chelsea that I didn't make it to, but I can't wait to go see everything. Next week, there's a ton of openings, you know, uptown, downtown. It's crazy. It we're, feels like it's after next week when everything in Chelsea's reopened, though, because I think I'm, I was going to hold off on Chelsea until next week. I think week. you can wait until next week. There's a bunch of, I think, Gagosian opens their shows next week. Um, and uh, Hauser also opens next week. Pace was last night. Runner was last night. Um, I guess we should touch on some items of note in the art press this week. Yeah, what's uh, happening? Well, you know, just a few blocks over from here, over mm-hmm. at Center Street at the federal courthouse, not only is Donald Trump in attendance for his trial, uh, but um, the Russian born art collector Dmitry Rablovlev. You know what? I'm going to ask a friend to pronounce this for us, maybe. Dmitry Rablovlev. Rablovlev. Thank you. That's what happens when you Google how to pronounce his name. Okay. Um, many apologies to all the Russian native speakers out there. Um, but so he, uh, who has, he's been bouncing around the world in different jurisdictions, selling, trying uh, to sue and recoup money from his former art advisor, uh, the Freeport Maven. Um, Bouvier? Bouvier, mm-hmm. uh, who was basically fleecing this guy. Like, yeah. he, he saw a fat target uh, and started selling him art making it seem as though it was art he was just charging maybe 10% on. In many cases, he had an ownership interest in the paintings he was selling. He was jacking the prices way, way up. Mm-hmm. And uh, Dimitri has sued him in jurisdictions in Asia, in Europe. Um, all, of, all of those cases have been settled. I believe this is the last one. It technically is Dimitri uh, suing Sotheby's for being involved in kind of setting the value of certain objects that he was acquiring. And this did happen a decade ago, correct? Yeah. 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 And so it's just coming to court now. The wheels of justice sometimes turn somewhat slowly. That's true. Yeah. Uh, I want to recommend the the New Yorker story about this entire saga. It's yes, called The yes. Bouvier Affair by Sam Knight. It's unbelievable. Um, I remember reading it at... What is now S&P lunch. No one cares about this. Whatever. Read it. No, I care. I care where it was. <laughs> well, yeah. When, when it now, used to be. It's now called. Uh, Eisenberg's. Eisen- yeah. It was Eisenberg's. Now it's S&P. Um, but I took my New Yorker to Eisenberg's and read the entire thing over the course of a super long lunch break. Sorry, Sarah Douglas. Um, but <laughs> uh, I highly recommend you read that. Um, and so what's happening in the trial? I have um, not been covering it, unfortunately. Not much. Well, uh, some of our, our, our colleagues and friends have been down there vlogging from the trial. Mm. We sh- I really wish we we could have popped in for an afternoon. We could have done a pod from the trial. And we could have done Trump's first and then Dimitri's. We could have done both. It would have been yeah, a blast, yeah. really. I mean, I've been following it not so, so closely. Mm-hmm. Um, but I guess they really got into the weeds about how these deals were structured. And where yesterday, uh, Dimitri flew in and was on the stand. Mm-hmm. And, you know, what language were the meetings uh, conducted in and in what wow. location? and all that. I think there was a lot of great B-roll footage, as it were. (laughs) 
you know, just kind of the lifestyles of the rich and famous sort of stuff. Exactly. And he went into how he started collecting art yesterday. Um, and some people, it grows out of a passion or a childhood obsession or something they come to later in life. His, and he is an obsessed and, and really knowledgeable collector, but it began when he bought a new house in Switzerland and moved his family there. And the house had belonged to an art collector. So there are all these alcoves that are already lit for mm. for pictures to hang there. And he was like, either I needed to buy some art to put there or I had to totally renovate the house to make it a different sort of way. So as he says, he came to art through light bulbs and electricity. First. Wow. Uh, so that was my takeaway from yesterday's testimony. Uh, anyway. Wow. Well, we hope that everyone just, just you know, gets what they deserve and justice has its fucking say or whatever. I don't, gets what I don't, they, if everyone got what they deserved in this world, Nate, yeah, I don't know. We wouldn't have the podcast. At the very least, you know, more more trials so we can just vlog from them. You yeah, know, I, mean, I think the, the greatest, and I think this is explicated in detail in that New Yorker article you referenced, but I mean, the greatest kind of uh, lifestyles of the rich and famous is uh, how uh, Mr. Roblobov uh, sorry about that, uh, came to find out that he was being fleeced. He was having, over the New Year's period, a number of years ago, around this time, uh, was in, uh, at, the, at you know, his lunch, uh, I believe lunch. at the Eden Rock uh, yes. in St. Barth's, and happened to be seated at the table next to, or next to, at the same table, a very prominent art advisor mm-hmm. who had been on the other side of a recent trade of something. And uh, they got to talking, as one is wont to do, over a long leisure lunch. We feel like you can trust everyone in that mm-hmm. kind of uh, elevated environment that's you know a private club based on where it is and how much it costs for a plate of pasta mm-hmm. um and uh and found out that you know by a factor of 10x he had been overcharged for something uh-oh bouvier yeah. bad bouvier yeah, bad bad, bad, bad bouvier. bouvier and as someone who's an art advisor i actually find it super abhorrent um i'm I not know. I, no, I, yeah yeah we kid but that's really fucking horrible yeah, like you know yeah 10 percent, man yeah fucking don't you know what's, what's the saying about pigs and hogs <laughs> you know what it is, listener. Yeah, you know what it is. Um, well, so so that is still ongoing. Um, I actually went to Sotheby's yesterday, speaking of Sotheby's, just to check out their Visions of America uh, exhibition, which is curated by your favorite designer, Tom Brown. Oh, for fuck's sake. You've got to be kidding me. I uh, don't even know what this is. Tell me about it. I'm so angry no, already. It, it, it's, just, so you know, angry. It's, it's Hudson... River Valley School. It's an American Hudson River School. Okay, I'm into that. It's very cool. There's some antique furniture. They have some, like, fucking letters from George Washington. They have a map that George Washington made when he was a British officer during the French and Indian War, which is really fucking cool, actually. It, like, marks the Potomac River going up to the Ohio River. Uh, I had a nice little walkthrough um, with a friend of Sotheby's, and it was was remarkable. It was really cool. Did they cut off the bottom four inches of every painting to make them too short? They had a little tricolor flag next to the the you know the the red white and blue oh, like tag sake. next to the for, one. For, that, for that listeners who might not be familiar, perhaps some new listeners, Tom Brown is an American primarily menswear designer, though it is unisex, who makes suits that most fashion-oriented people love, I think are absolutely abhorrent because he cuts everything far too short and they're just not as well made as an actual tailor-made suit. I'm a fan. I'm a big fan. So that's this is one of the, the many subjects that we differ upon. Yeah, yeah. It's o- it's okay. You're wrong, but there's nothing wrong with okay, that. Okay, fine. Whatever. Um and was even- this a this is a selling exhibition, I presume? Uh yes, of course. Uh there's also a really cool uh selling show by Hank Willis Thomas, our friend up at Sotheby's. All the proceeds are going to Four Freedoms, his nonprofit, which is very cool. Oh, that's very cool. Mm-hmm. That's very cool. The Four Freedoms is uh a Charity that basically puts up cool artist design billboards that touch on public policy issues around the world, outside of art mm. world uh, hubs, and it's a very, very cool thing. Uh, I also did something last night that has nothing to do with the art world, uh, not directly at least, but I went to the opening of a new restaurant 
by the owner of Coat. Oh. It's called Cocodac, and it's a fried chicken restaurant. It's upscale fried chicken. Okay. And it's fucking great. It's very good. They were they they they, they waited to hand out the fried chicken until like two hours into the opening. And Simon, the owner, like he was like, bring out the chicken. And they started bringing out all this chicken. And then Buster Rhymes performed. Was it like, did they bring out bottle service style, like on big trays yes, of sparklers and shit? Yes, they did. Because I got to say, I, I've enjoyed my experience at Cote, but it is a little bit cursed in the same way that Carbone is and that the wrong type of people got really into it. And then the restaurant, in reaction to that, has kind of upped the things that would be appealing to those types of people. Yeah. Shall we say you're, you're kind of crypto trader adjacent types? Mm-hmm. Yeah, but like every once in a while, it's fun to eat like that because it's just so over the top. It's so silly. Like, like it's, it's just this big, you know, let's go out to eat energy that like, you know, you kind of want that sometimes. We're in fucking Manhattan, man. I'm like, sp- who cares? Listen, speaking of big go out to eat energy, you and I shared a lunch with a friend this week at Major Food Group's The Grill, and yeah. it was pitch perfect. I love that that as, you know, maybe a rational person should be, you kind of resist the, you know, allure and the glitz and the glamour of the Major Food Group empire, except... You love the grill. I'm a grill do or die. I, I probably will never go to Carbone ever again. Um, I do like the uh, I like do like Torsi, um, but it's more yeah. of a, like the pain in the ass to get a reservation, and it's more of a downtown vibe even mm. for lunch. True. But the grill feels like the penultimate New York City power room. When I was eating that shrimp cocktail, I was thinking that I never need to eat another shrimp cocktail again. That's just it's the best. It's unbelievable. I remember the look of absolute joy on your face when our dining colleague uh, notified you that you had left a shrimp cocktail on the far side of this kind of almost floral decoration of shrimp. There was one that was hidden in the parsley on the other side and the look of pure childlike joy on your face that you had one more shrimp to dip in the cocktail sauce. Benjamin, we've had a very good week. I, I, I think it's fair to say that was probably the highlight. <laughs> I, 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 as well it should be, baby. As well it should there be. There was another shrimp. It yeah. was incredible. Uh, I just think, I, I think I'm going to work that into my rotation. It's not inexpensive, but it's also not obnoxious, especially if you're not drinking heavily. Mm-hmm. Um, it's like at least a monthly lunch there with someone. Yeah, I mean, lunch is the move because if you go at night, you're getting wine, cocktails. It'll it'll creep up in, in cost for sure. But lunch is great. I mean, a few a few moments ago, speaking about like in New York, why live here and not be going to all these amazing, great gallery shows that are out there for you and free constantly? I would also say, why are you living in New York if you can afford it and not eating lunch or dinner at the Grill regularly? It's it's, it's why we live in the greatest city in the world. It is it is obviously an institution. I think that that the designers and everyone have done. A great job of preserving the spirit of the Four Seasons and the bones of that great room while updating it and having way better food than the Four Seasons ever did. And that's coming from what someone, you, who's considered the, the nation's greatest car, uh, carbonologist, I would say. <laughs> Look, I again, I mean, for the same reason that you like fucking fried chicken bottle service, the, uh, you know outrageousness of Carbone is part of the appeal. Yeah, and if, if you haven't read, and I can't imagine you haven't, but if you haven't read back in the Vanity Fair archives, uh, Nate Freeman's profile of uh, Marco Carbone and the Carbone Empire, I highly suggest you update your subscription so you get access to the back uh, the back catalog and read that one. Thank you, Benjamin. That was very kind. Um, so yeah, I went to that last night. It was very fun. Anything else that we have not discussed? I feel like 
there is a lot of there are, co- there are a couple of minor uh, things that I noted as I was kind of scrolling through um, my list of notes in advance of this. Um, the Pennsylvania Academy of Fine Arts is going to close its arts college uh, oh, next damn. year in 2025. And, you know, you had the California, whatever, the San Francisco Art Academy mm-hmm. closing. And I think almost like for galleries, there's kind of a, a grow or go, as our friend Alain Sarvalis, uh terms it. Like either you keep pushing forward and get into the big fairs or you're just going to go away. I think there's also going to be a consolidation within the art schools because if you're getting a, a very expensive degree from an art school that isn't one of the big five or six, like I can't imagine spending that money and I can't imagine the rationale for people continuing to enroll at them. That is true, but at the same time, if there's just like a sort of like five school monopoly on where you can get your degree, I mean, like, doesn't that cut out the ability for someone in like Western Pennsylvania who wants to be an artist? Like, I'm not saying it's a good thing. I'm just saying it's the reality of the world. Capitalism marches on, my friend. Hmm. Well, uh, that's that's depressing. It is a, it is depressing. I read it and I was a little bit depressed. You know, you have some great schools out there, places Mm. like Cranbrook, Micah. RISD even, you know, um, that I think have really interesting programs but aren't considered kind of the power, you know, the, the, the top five or six. And um, But they have in the past put out some really great talents. Uh, so, yeah, it's sad. I know. It's Lucy sad. and I were walking around Baltimore uh, a year ago, and we went to Micah's campus. It's gorgeous. You know, I mean, one of the oldest art schools in the, in the nation. You know, shout out Baltimore, Maryland. Shout out Camden Yards. No, Micah's dope. Oh, oh. Micah's dope. Um, I was also interested, you know, there was an, an article in Artnet by our friend Katia talking mm-hmm. about, you know, how the art market was dying, basically. Um, I'm, I think I'm over I think some you're paraphrasing. Paraphrasing. <laughs> I mean, but yeah, it, it was pretty bleak. It was pretty bleak. And I do have some issues with that. I mean, I, I try and be a realist. Obviously, there is some self-interest uh, in regard to this. But I'm becoming a little bit more bullish uh, as we move into the new year on the state of the market. Uh-huh. And she had what I thought was a fairly thinly sourced. I mean, it, it's OK if it was an opinion piece um but it was kind of you know it was it was at least i read it as a news article because it was quoting experts in the field but they weren't really the most uh up-to-date or knowledgeable experts and i actually spoke to one of her sources uh, uh a collector who was who had a throwaway line about saying that they were focused more on food these days and uh, he was like, well, I've always been focused. When I spoke to him, he's like, I've always been focused on food. Like, I'm, not, like, I'm, I'm about to j- get on the jet to Singapore to go look at the art fair. Like, what are you talking about? I'm not interested in art anymore. Right. Well, I, that's an interesting counterpoint. Um, you know, Katja, of course, old colleague of mine. and, and uh, A friend of our, ours yeah. both. Um, I think we can have friendly but, disagreements. Of course, though. of course. But I want to hear a little bit more just why you're feeling more bullish, like just in the past like few weeks. I'm just like, I'm looking at certain – A, I'm just hearing back from collectors more quickly, and January is usually a slow month. Not that they're buying, but they're interested. I think on the macro level, um, although the – there are no actual interest rate cuts, uh, and I think personally they won't come until the second half of the year. Mm-hmm. They're going to macroeconomic level. People are feeling more stable right. and more okay about their position. They don't think there's about to be a recession or things are about to go away. Uh, and I think they, they, they're they interested in seeing things and continuing to buy new things. I think there's actually a whole – the possibility of a whole new wave of artists coming to prominence in the next four or five years. Right. Uh, and I don't know who they are yet, but I just kind of feel something in the ether um, that are really going to set things back on fire again. I think we've had – even when the even when the art economy was good, it was a bit foul. It was a lot of the same old names. Mm-hmm. I think we're going to see you know new, new, new artists, younger artists or artists that are mid-career that haven't had a moment, not just this kind of regurgitating – past people that history forgot. I really feel as though uh, we're on the cusp of a really great moment. I, l- I love that you've mentioned already a few shows 
uh, that not only are you just like really into, but are also like kind of lighting the market on fire. You know, the show Karma, Nathaniel, and, and Constanza's show. You said those are very hard to get. That's exciting, right? Yeah, like, it seems. Know, it seems like you know, it's not, you know, but there's always even when things are soft, there's always one or two things that are hard, and it's because the art market is lemming-like, and I'm a part true. of that. But like, it's just nice to know that that you know, here in Manhattan, it's January. It's cold. People are still in fucking St. Bart's. There's still hot shows opening. That's great. That's yeah, no, good. it's absolutely super. It's absolutely super. Um, another thing that that grabbed my notice just because like I like some of the real estate play. Um, and I love love Nate a regional auction house. Love mm-hmm. a region- I know you do. I, I love know it. you do. I love it for scooping up deals on furniture, on mm-hmm. art, on weird additions, maybe some jewelry. Uh, and I saw two of my favorites, uh, Hindeman and Freeman's, are merging to create. I saw a, that a new as, as well. House. Yeah. I mean, does that put them like still sub Phillips, or are they almost at Phillips territory? There? No, they're still sub heritage. I would say. <laughs> okay, okay, still sub heritage. It's but, a di- but it's a different thing. Here's the thing: the luxury goods market is very broad, mm-hmm. and they're selling, I think, very strongly in different categories. They're not going to be competing for any of the greatest states of our collectors. Um, right. But I think a great house in the main line of Philadelphia, full of great objects and art, they could be in play for. Mm-hmm. Interesting. And I just want to note, because someone asked me if I was related to Al Freeman, I'm not related to the Freeman's Auction House either. Just just putting that out there. Yeah, it, or it, the restaurant. It, the funny thing is I couldn't read in any, because none of this was covered in the financial press that I could find. It was all covered in, in different art press publications I read. Mm-hmm. I couldn't find what the ownership structure had been like. Like, are these privately held companies? Is there a PE entity that's kind of behind this tie-up and, and provided capital? I don't even know who the bankers were advising the M&A process or the lawyers, which is always stuff that I'm interested to know about. Now, I want to know about that, too. Let's get someone at the FT on it. Yeah, I mean, it's not, this isn't the hardest stuff, but no, it's just, no, you know, right? Yeah, or we can I'm, probably figure it out. I'm, I'm not a reporter. I ain't got the time. I'm trying to sell some works, baby. Hindman has been expanding in the last few years. I've been kind of tracking it just because I had a friend who used to work at Hindman in Chicago, and actually would talk. Nate is young. Like, like a bunch of fucking horror stories about working there. Um, but like they opened in Palm Beach, they opened in, in New York. Like they've been expanding a little bit, and they've always been a big deal in Chicago. Um, yeah, I mean, I think the Artnet, I think it was the Artnet article that was on it. It was covered in all the kind of major trade places, um, highlighted all the different cities that they now are represented in. And it's more kind of places like, if I remember correctly, and I hope I do, like places like Cleveland, St. Louis, mm-hmm. things that aren't just the New York, L.A., Dallas, Aspen, Palm Beach, Chicago, but kind of the, the a next tier down that have very wealthy people buying things. Totally. I, I think it's a great way to get people in the gate into the art and objects world. Mm. Uh, any other big stories blow across the press? I don't think so. Uh, I don't know about any big stories. I mean, I'm just looking forward to, like I said, a bunch of stuff opening next week. Um, I know that there is... The winter show at uh, the Park Avenue Armory. Do you ever go to that one? Talk about the main line of Philadelphia. Yeah, seriously. Uh, uh, I have gone. It's great. It's beautiful. If I have time, I'll swing through. It's not really stuff for my client base. But, you know, as a man who loves to look at a whimsical and beautiful object, my eyes are always tickled. I know. There's also the opening of Mary Weatherford at Gosian at 980 Madison. This is the last year of shows at 980 Madison. Yeah, I mean, but... uh, in addition to Mary uh, Weatherford, Jen Guidi also uh-huh. has a show of her paintings opening yep, in Chelsea next deal. week. When's the last time Jen had a show in New York? It's been a while. Uh, just before the pandemic. In, oh. in in the winter around this time, 2020. So four years. Okay. 
Yeah, that's right. I remember that. That's uh, great. Yeah, the kind of the shaped canvases with the serpents. So mm-hmm. uh, two big, powerful L.A. female painters opening at different branches of Gagosian. Um, Love to see it. Uh, all, all sorts of stuff. What are you up to this weekend? Other than the openings that I'm not going to tonight, what's on your agenda? Any good resis? No resis. I think tomorrow I'm just going to take it chill. Might go to some openings or at least just check out some shows during the day. Hopefully it's not too shitty out. Um, it's going to be shitty. It's going to be shitty. I'm sure it's fucking January. Um, no, I'm going to try to chill. You know, it's been a really, really insane week. I need a coffee. Um, it's been an insane week. I think the weekend is the time just to, to take it easy. I've got a pretty packed week next week, actually. I have to fly Sunday, 6 p.m. I'm on an aeroplane to the Pacific Northwest to the great city of Seattle. Let's go. Yeah. going to... Uh, uh, Put some pictures that were acquired recently up on the walls of a good friend and client's house, uh, kind of right on Puget Sound there. Uh, so that's exciting adjacent. We're, and if any listeners out there know what to do in Seattle that's cool, like a great dinner spot that I would be cool to eat at alone with a book, all ears. I mean, yeah, I have no idea. I've never been in Seattle. I just figure that if you're there, you can just call up Eddie Vedder and see if he wants to hang out, right? Like, yeah, I think so. You know, I think because so. like, like, who else is he go to Powell's Books? I don't know. If yeah. I, but anyone has any four one one, you know, I might try and go up to the Henry if there's time uh, and mm-hmm. see Shamim and see what do they have going on up there. We'll see. Wow. But I mean, the, but I'm back like Tuesday morning. I'm on like the six a.m. flight back mm-hmm. to New York to be here Tuesday afternoon, and then there's a bunch of openings next week. I have to be so at. many openings. Um, yeah, I mean, I'm just—he's exhausted, ladies and gentlemen. We've tuckered him out. It's been a long week, Benjamin. I think uh, Nate. We... I gotta, I gotta ask: Was okay. it Band Aid? I put off all morning asking about this, but the people want to know. <laughs> yeah, or I do how anyway. How did you resist all morning? Now, a lady was kind of standing on the table. I wanted to make sure she didn't fall. I smacked my head on the edge of a table, and it's actually like it's like a real cut. Yeah. It doesn't hurt, but it just like bleeds. It's annoying. Okay, we've got some peroxide on there, something to keep it clean? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Okay, just making sure. I like like to look out for your health. No, it's just like if you get a cut on your fucking arm, no one's going to see the Band-Aid, but if you happen to get one on the bridge of your nose, you're going to have a Band-Aid. Well, I think that's why it was smart as opposed to a a Caucasian flesh color Band-Aid. You have a bright red with white polka dots Band-Aid. You might as well just own it. I guess so, yeah. I feel like I'm Jack Nicholson in Chinatown, though. Like, you know, that that's... You know, he had a real injury there. Like, he, like my shipped his, his nose. My son's nine. Do you think it's too young to show him Chinatown? It's such no, an important film. No, it's a film. great film about how the you know, the water industry in Los Angeles. And kind it? of about family, too. It's about, it's about family. <laughs> All right. We got to get out of here. I got to get to work. That's it from us. I'll talk to you next week, Nate. Okay. Get to Ben, eh? Out.